This is episode 83 with Gallant Dill on taking your products to retail after Kickstarter. This is Crowdfunding Uncut, the place where creators and entrepreneurs come to learn how to launch a successful crowdfunding campaign. Here's your host, Kirsten Ross. This episode is brought to you by BackerKit. BackerKit is a crowdfunding fulfillment software service that helps you take care of all the spreadsheet nightmares after your campaign is done. Let me explain. Once you have hundreds of new backers for your product, you're going to be exporting a ton of customer data that is probably going to change. People will need to change their shipping address. They'll want to downgrade some of their rewards. Rewards. They'll want to buy more rewards. And when you don't have a system in place to help with this, it's actually going to be taking a lot more of your time dealing with customer service admin, and you're probably going to screw stuff up, which is not good long-term for customer relations. BackerKit gives you a full done-for-you software platform online where you can easily manage all of your customer data. And my favorite part about working with them is that once your campaign actually wraps up, they help you get additional sales from your customers by offering to upsell to more rewards or options that you may or may not have on your campaign. They have worked with more than 2,000 projects, delivering more than 3.5 million rewards um, and products. This could be digital products or, heck, even physical products to you guys. They've been amazing to work with. I've partnered with them on the show because I've worked with them in the past and they are amazing. So if you are looking for a partner after your campaign, that's going to make your life super easy. They are the ones to go to. To find out more information, go to backerkit.com. But wait, at checkout, they're actually giving the uncut listeners, which are you guys, going to give you 50% off of their setup services. So when you go to backerkit.com, go to checkout and use the five code uncut, U-N-C-U-T. I'd like to thank the guys over at Gadgetflow for sponsoring this episode. Gadgetflow is a product discovery platform that reaches more than 25 million people per month. They've helped more than 6,000 crowdfunding campaigns and also companies like Sony and Amazon boost their sales and exposure through their community. So if you're looking for another way to get exposure to your crowdfunding campaign, be sure to go to thegadgetflow.com slash submit to find out more information. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Kirsten Ross here. We have a really well-rounded interview. It's a bit of a long one today, but uh, Gallant Dill came across my desk when my friend Rachel Peterson had interviewed him, and after doing a little more research into him, he is an incredible entrepreneur, 25-year-old, um, extreme passion, urgency, and getting success. Um, this episode, he runs a company that helps place products in retail, and he's one of the best at doing what he does. Um, he's earned his uh, product clients direct past the market with Mark Cuban, Walmart, Target, Whole Foods Global, Circle K, 7-Eleven, and a ton more. Um, today in this conversation, we're going to be getting into what are some things you need to consider when you're after Kickstarter and you're now looking at different ways to grow your business. And so we cover such things such as how like when is the right time to go to retail? What are some nightmares that you need to consider and be aware of when you're dealing with distributors, brokers, retailers, um, and just having a real honest, raw conversation around that? And because I find, you know, once you've raised a few hundred thousand dollars online, you're like, okay, what should I focus on now? And um, we actually get into a few tips for how he has uh, successfully bootstrapped e-commerce to get you a residual cash flow selling your products every single month, be it on Shopify or Amazon. Uh, so we go into some marketing strategies as well as going into him as an entrepreneur. Um, he has started several seven-figure-plus businesses, and he's just all around a really raw guy. So I'm really excited for this one. Um, it is a bit longer, but guys, take notes, and I hope you love his energy as much as I did. Gallant. So excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. My allergies have kind of gotten to me, so if I don't have the energy that people normally expect from me, I apologize, but I'm going to try to keep this up on the top level for everyone so you can stay with us and don't get bored. I hate dropping anything that doesn't have your full attention, so you're going to want to listen to this because I'm going to be dropping some bombs today. Yeah, because Gallant, um, doing some research on you, uh, a few things were insanely amazing. I noticed that you're a self-made millionaire by the age of 25. You have a very 
very broad uh, wealth of experience. And not only that, you're not just the guy who has had a ton of failed businesses and then one crazy success and you're just like farming that out to people. You have an amazing track record when it comes to results with your own businesses and your own clients. So I'm really excited to dive into a few things. Um, I thought that it would be best today to focus this conversation more on in-store connection and what you are able to do with physical products to get them placed in stores. So for anyone listening to this, yes, uh, we are going to be uh, you know, touching on a few things with how to develop and bring your product to market, but this is going to be um, really deep dive into the retail aspect and what are some things you need to consider and and whatever. So Gallant is the guy to talk, have this conversation with. So like, that's why you're here. So um, I know a bit about you doing some research, but can you give a high level of the work you do and who Gallant Dill is? Yeah. So, so anyone who's listening, clear your mind of any person you've ever heard or known. I'm going to tell you my story. I'm a high school dropout. I'm covered in tattoos. I have five high school credits. To be honest, uh, you know, I've owned over 15 luxury cars, but I didn't have a license until yesterday because <laughs> I was lazy. I've always had people drive me or whatever. But um, so I, I'm a high school dropout. I've been creating businesses from the time I was 17 till you know now I'm 25. Um, how I got started in the products world is, you know, when I was 21, I had kind of blew all my money, got into some trouble and was like, you know, I'm tired of this roller coaster. I'm tired of this, you know, inconsistency in business. You know, I keep going up, I keep going down. I'm going to create a product. I'm, I excel at marketing. I had a lot of experience from the music industry. So I decided to create my own product called mall three. Uh, you know, I noticed there was a, a pill going around called Molly or people were raving, you know, all those drugs. I was like, why don't I create a legal supplement and market it as like a drug, you know, which, you know, you're probably like that's kind of you know screwed up but listen I'm 21 years old I don't have a lot of money you know I'm a high school dropout things weren't the brightest day for me back then so I created an energy pill company uh you know and you know within six months I had a million followers I had in stores nationwide and um to be honest with you I, I was running out of money you know I was 21 years old you know, I, I was buying all these products, I was getting all this marketing, but I just needed a real investment. So I signed a pretty awful investment deal, never got paid, and that company kind of crashed. Um, but so you're probably, okay, why is this guy so special? Well, before I gave up, I decided to help other products. And I noticed I was very good at this. You know, if I could do that in six months with no money for myself, I could help anyone, especially if they had money. So I started helping other brands get into stores. I owned a company called Gallant Business Consulting, and I owned uh, productsconsulting.com, and I merged them both into In-Store Connection. In-Store Connection, the company I own now, which I got an offer for last week to buy, uh, is that we do everything from A to Z. We have products selling in every store in the country. we worked with dozens of products off Shark Tank. Uh, you know, we are not, there's, if you go into any store like 7-Eleven, Walmart, Costco, Circle K, there's something that I placed in that store over the last couple of years. Um, and from that success, I was able to start building my personal brand and getting my story out there because there's not a lot of 25 year olds, you know, living in penthouses, driving fast cars that really did it self-made. Everyone has the parents or the MLM or they sell the courses. Guys, I built real businesses, was at the bottom many times and was hungry. Uh, so I was able to create the world's largest entrepreneur community on Facebook. Uh, I've written three books. I have courses. I have everything. But it all started from my success due to products. That is a long story short, and there's a lot of stuff in between. And if you want more, you can always look me up. <laughs> yeah, just we were joking about this before. Just Google Gallant, and he's pro, you know one of his hundred, well, twelve websites. I was in the Huffington <laughs> Post like a couple of weeks ago. I should be coming up in Forbes. I did a story with the Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine, so those should be dropping too. I was Austin's Life Coach and Entrepreneur of the, uh, the Year last year. I was Influence of Magazine's Thirty Under Thirty. I was number three, so I do have the credentials. Is Gallant Dill your real name? I, I have Gallant to ask. Dill is my real name. And, uh, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't really like it that much. But, you know, if you want to be successful, you have to be different. So I'm thankful that I have a unique name because no one else has anything similar. Why did, like, did you ever ask your parents why they chose the name Gallant? To be honest with you, um, when my mom was in the hospital, uh, she didn't have a name yet. Uh, when she was uh, giving birth and she was reading the Highlights magazine. There's a uh, story or stories in there called Goofus and Gallant. And uh, my brother was pretty terrible for her. So she was like, you know, I need a gallant. I need a gallant. God, give me a gallant. So she named me gallant. Yeah. I mean, the reason I asked that is because I um, used to know someone in the UK, a uh, Dutch guy who renamed himself Pat M. Powers. And that was a marketing ploy. So I was like, is gallant deal your real name? Because it's so fitting as to what you're doing right now. 
It fits. It fits yeah. really well. And uh, I like to keep everything real. I don't want to have to go and change to be someone I'm not. You know, I'm different enough to where I can be myself and still get the results that people need. Yeah. So why, when you were 21 years old, of all businesses you could have started, why did you decide to go the physical product route when you, like, did you have any experience in this before or? Honestly, it's a crazy story. I don't even want to tell the story yet due to legality purposes, but, you know, I saw an opening in the market. You know, I saw everyone taking uh, these kinds of, uh, hold on, sorry, my office line is blowing up. Um, We'll have to delete that out. Um, but so I saw an opportunity because everyone was needing energy, you know, raving was very popular, extremely popular, and there was no energy supplements or anything to help people stay up that was safe. So I wanted to create one that I wanted to create an energy pill that was only for nighttime. Does that make sense? Yeah. You wanted something that could be over the counter healthy, but targeted the raving night community. Exactly. I wanted something that was unique enough to uh, make that happen. And so I I kind of found my own niche market. Like if you're going to go create a product, make sure that there's a market and make sure that you don't have too much competition. A lot of people create something that they're interested in. You're not going to be any, you're not going to go anywhere, create something that there's a need for and uh, you know, place yourself there. You know, there was an empty lane, you know, Red Bull monster. That's all for all day. I wanted to do like a nighttime only style marketing campaign for my energy product. And I I owned it super quickly. What is your favorite way to validate whether an idea has legs or not? Um, testing the market, seeing if there's a need, seeing if it offers a solution. You know, the key is not to create a product. The key is to create a solution of some sort. Um, you know, whenever someone calls me and wants to get the product in stores or wants me to work with them, I look for if there's a need or if it's worth my time. And, uh, you know, a lot of ideas are great ideas, but without an execution, without a game plan, it doesn't matter. So before you even tell people your idea, make sure you have a game plan. Yeah. Cause one of my favorite ways to validate um, an idea before I take it on to launch a product is sometimes I get a lot of no brainers that come across my desk where I know, like I, I understand the consumer. I understand there's a need for it, but then there are some that you just don't know. And I like to test by, uh, putting up a landing page with a bit of information about the product and driving traffic to it and just seeing what happens as a way to validate. Um, how do you, like, how do you do that with products that you may not know if there's a market fit for or not? I do a market test where we reach out to 600 to 800 buyers and distributors. And depending on the feedback and the traction that we get from that, we'll know if the product's a win or not. Uh, we do different analytical texts or tests where we do consumer research. Uh, we have some sort of services where we reach out to a thousand millennials or a thousand, you know, uh, different style person in that demographic you're trying to sell to. And we get feedback for it before we drop or invest in any products. Uh, but yeah, stuff like that. Um, with the market test is great because um, before I get involved, I can see if Walmart or Costco or 7-Eleven is going to be interested and I have the personal buyer's contact information to find out. Also, it's good. I've had big companies reach out before they invested 10, 20 million into a product. They wanted that kind of feedback first. So I've saved a lot of money and made a lot of money with those kind of market tests. Yep. No, that makes sense. So you, what gives you an advantage is the mass scale data, essentially. Exactly. Um, being able to get feedback from the people that are going to call the shots, not just the consumer, but also the buyers, the people over at these retail giants before we waste a lot of money. I want to make sure that we can scale this thing. And I'm very honest, you know, when I first got into the business, I was kind of into making a lot of money. So I didn't really turn anyone away. Now I'm super picky. I'm straight to the point. I hurt people's feelings because, you know, I don't want, you know, me to say something and it hurts you later down the road. I'd rather hurt you now. And then you discover that and be like, damn, Gallant was right. Yeah, I am exactly there with you. Um, so before I ask you what you think makes a great product um, and your perfect customer, I want to know, like, why would... So just say there's a uh, product entrepreneur that has raised half a million dollars on Kickstarter for this really cool product, and they're now looking for ways to bring their product to Amazon or get more sales. Why would somebody choose the... When they're at that that point, would you recommend that they focus online for sales or go retail? And at what point would you suggest that is the right time to go retail? This is something that I've fought with myself back and forth with. Um, but this is what I've compiled together over the last few years. This is probably some of the best data you will ever get from someone who's been doing both over the last few years. Um, I would say 
build your online selves. Get some money in the door. I don't care what kind of investment you have. You need to be generating capital and money and cash flow before you want to go retail. Retail is very expensive. It's very time consuming. And if you're already making ten to a hundred thousand a month, uh, you can you can have the time for the retail. You can be patient for that success. You know the product demos, the marketing you're gonna have to put in before the slotting fees. Get some sort of cash flow before going to retail. Get on Amazon. Get yourself a funnels for your uh, Facebook ads. You know, be generating at least twelve to twenty thousand a month before even considering retail because you will die on that shelf if you do not have money. The products world in retail is a money pit, but if you do it right, you will have a success and a lot of it. You know, there's a uh, something that a lot of people don't take into consideration. Um, one of my clients who I started working with uh, for their second crowdfunding campaign, they um, didn't realize that after they raised you know a few hundred thousand dollars on Indiegogo or Kickstarter that they all of a sudden needed to raise additional funds because they couldn't pay for inventory to fulfill orders. Um, Retail-wise, how does the inventory payments, how do they work? So, I understand the terms are different based on who you work with, but how... Because that's, a that's what I was class, saying. Right? Yeah, so that's what I was telling you guys. I don't care how much money you have or what your product is. You need to have a plan. You need to understand, like, have a plan B. You need a plan for the worst in everything you do. So if you have five hundred thousand, you need to have backups. You know, you need to find some other investors or other people that can back you. You need to find a co-packer or a manufacturer who can front you the product so you can get that purchase order. So if you go to Walmart, Walmart's not going to just buy for all their stores. They're going to have their distributor pick it up. The distributor is going to order twice as much as what you were thinking because they want to hold it and make sure they don't run out. Because if a product's selling out, they want to have you know five times you know more than what Walmart's interested in, so they can make sure that. Uh, you know, the products are going to be stocked for us. They're going to find a new distributor. So uh, say, let's say you get a, a purchase order um, from one of these uh, stores. Uh, the thing is, they're going to want to do buybacks. They're going to want to do a lot of different things. So you, before you go to retail, you want to do some research so you can get yourself a better offer. You know, I've seen a lot of companies offer slotting fees. The slotting fee is, let's say 7-Eleven interested. They say, listen, to get you on our shelf, it's every store that we're going to place you in, it's a $25 uh, slotting fee. So if you're in a thousand stores, it's going to cost 25,000 just to get placed. So you want to make sure that adds into your budget, uh, that 25,000 and take that out of profit to see if it's even worth your time. Because there has been stores that I've worked with that we've ended up just losing money instead of profiting, even though we sold on the shelf. So um, it just every product and every company has different policies. It's very cutthroat. You need to pay attention because if you sign the wrong deal, you don't. The worst thing you ever want is having to buy back product on uh, from a store that never even placed your product. You know, I remember getting products in hundreds of stores with my energy pill, um, and they did a buyback on me a year later. But what was good that I did, I kept tabs on all the stores that actually placed it on. So I ended up not having to pay them back because out of the hundred stores they said that it didn't sell, they'd actually never placed. They had sold out in all the other stores that made their profits. They had doubled their investment. But, you know, I had to sign a deal that I had to pay them back in cash. So that's like non, they couldn't track the taxes. So it actually have made more from doing a buyback on me because they've already doubled their investment and they get that half of the order back to them, it's tripled their investment for nothing. So you got to be careful. These distributors, these retail giants are sketchy and, uh, you know, they're looking out for themselves and uh, you need to make sure that you're signing the best deal and you look over it. Um, getting on the shelf will not make you a bunch of money if you do not know what you're doing. So I understand because I've never heard this term buyback before. So what is a buyback? A buyback is if your product doesn't sell in the store, then you have to buy it back from the Whole Foods or uh, you know Walmart or whoever. So a lot of people, a lot of companies, newer guys, especially Kickstarter people, I work with y'all all the time. Uh, you get this purchase order for a hundred thousand dollars. You go blow it. You go invest, and then you didn't do any real marketing, and then the product didn't sell, and now you have to buy back a hundred thousand dollars with your inventory. Got it. Yeah, because one thing I've noticed uh, through some of the companies I've worked with that were post Kickstarter. Um, it's not just because you get your product into say a Walmart, they're not going to do the advertising for you. You, your sales are dependent on your promotion plan. And so a lot of the time, what you're going to be negotiating in some of these retail deals to get placed is what is your marketing plan to actually push sales within their store. So your plan has to support that or else it could end up bankrupting you with this buyback. 
That sounds so. There, there's a lot of different things that could go wrong. It's it, you got to understand is that you being on the wrong part of the store with your product can get you into a buyback scenario when they place you in the wrong place. You think the people that are getting eight dollars in the back of the house or stocking you care about where you're being placed? You know, I've seen products, you know, chocolate products get placed in the vegetable aisle uh, that I was getting in the stores one time. I've seen, you know, it's crazy. Like I've seen the worst of the worst scenarios. So you got to keep tabs on where your product's being slotted or you can lose heavily um, or it expires. You have to replace it with new products, especially in the food industry. It's very cutthroat. You want to make sure that you're getting good shelf space. So if you do have to pay a slotting fee, try to go in there and ask them for a better part on the shelf, like middle to eye level, if you're going to pay that. Uh, you know, when I did slotting fees with my energy pill, I wanted to be front shelf at checkout. I wanted my pills right next to five hour energy shots. Yeah. Cause that's where the consumer is going if they want energy and that, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, this is a pretty obvious question, but why would somebody go to in-store connection and work with you versus attempting this themselves? Because I'm not a product broker. I'm actually an entrepreneur just like them. So I've been in their shoes and I know what they need best because I've done it successfully and I've done it when I failed. So I know exactly where they need to go. Also, I have national and worldwide accounts. Most brokers and distributors only serve to one or two regions. I have all regions and I place for every kind of product you can name. So I have, you know, I'm like the veteran, you know, I've played around, I've done it, I've seen it. I've seen it all. I've been to every trade show. I've met every buyer because I've worked with so many companies that I have every contact. Uh, you know, I would be curious to see if there was anyone who had more uh, contacts in the Rolodex than me because I don't think that's possible. You know, I've gotten products placed in 24 hours in some of the biggest box retail in the country, um, and results are guaranteed. You know, if someone doesn't get the results that they want when they come to in-store connection, we refund them back their money, or we take care of them, and we keep going until they get the results that they're looking for. And there's no one else that makes those offers. Um, you know, I don't. There's no one else that has this kind of success. Um, and that's why you know the Shark Tank members on Shark Tank have signed exclusive deals with me to where they bring products from that show to me because I'm the best. Um, I forgot my question. I was going to ask you, yes. So clearly you have these relationships because you make these stores money, which means that your product selection process is, has to be airtight. And I'm curious what your selection process looks like, like who your perfect customer is. Our perfect customer is someone who has money. I'm not going to even sit here and lie to you guys because, um, there's a lot of things that they need to update most of the time when they come to us. And if they can just get that out of the way, then we can get this thing running pretty quickly. Um, you know, because think about it like this, there's a few things that each person listening right now could do better on their website, better in their marketing. And if I could tell you, and you can increase or triple, if not, you know, at least double your sales, then I want you to be able to do that. But if you can't afford to even do some of the suggestions I have, then you're not going to make it in retail. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong in business. And the people that have the least amount of money act more on their emotions than on what's best for the business. And I was doing that myself. So, you know, I hate when companies think they can come pay me a couple grand and then they can disappear and we do all the work. I like to work with companies that are going to be successful with or without me and then know with me they're going to get there faster. But I don't like companies that are on their last tier like of success, you know, like they're all up like, you know, this is the last resort because I have the pressure on me. And I don't like doing business like that. I like doing business that's relaxed and, uh, you know, we're all on the same page and we're all working towards the same goal, not just handing me the ball and saying go. That makes sense. And okay, so having money resources is a big thing. Um, do you work with specific products or are you fairly open? We work with everything, everything. Um, we've worked with companies that have been around for 60 years and we've worked with companies that have been around for 60 days. It's not necessarily the money. If the, the thing is, the problem is this. Like I've seen some of the best products in the world. Like I mean products that I just, on my mind is still blown how they're not billion dollar products. It's just, you can't do anything without the money. You can barely afford to send samples to distributors and buyers. You can't even pay for the right publicity or the right packaging for that amazingness. It doesn't matter if you have gold without having a buyer and without having some money to get that gold off your hands, you're going to be stuck with it. And uh, so that's, and so your people are like, oh, he just wants money. No, it's just that you cannot do anything if you do not have money. That's why you're going to Kickstarter is to get the money. Um, you can't, you can't drive across the country on fumes. You know, you have to have some gas. And it's, I hate saying it like that, but, uh, I've just worked with so many great and incredible companies that, uh, you know, didn't really go as far as they wanted because they didn't have the right investment.
Cool. So say there's someone listening to the show right now who is at that point where they have had the successful Kickstarter and they are very opposed. They're like, okay, great, Gallant. I get that I need to have cash flow and I need to have money to invest in going the retail route to really blow this thing up. And they have two options. They can bootstrap their sales and struggle for three to five years to hopefully get their thing off the ground because they don't want to give away equity or they decide to get investment and give up part ownership of their company. Which one are you for and why? Okay, so here's where I stand. I don't do partnerships because the more hands in your pot, the harder it is to stir. And every time I had a business and I had a partner, no matter how amazing I thought the person was, it just didn't work out. Also, I'm going to be honest with you, Kickstarter guys, you don't have three to five years to take it to market. You have two at the very most, and it's done. Look at the guy with the fidget cube. He took so long to get the product out to everyone. Someone went to China, copied him, and made millions of dollars before the Kickstarter people even got their product out to their consumers. I so saw that. I'll link to an article, by the way. But. I will start, if I was you, I would start building out my six-month plan and my two-year plan and literally have it broken down piece by piece, day by day on what you need to do, what you need to achieve. And if you need a partner, make sure that partner is someone who brings more to the table than yourself. I've lost a lot of companies from having bad partners. I would never recommend it. And giving equity out for money is not really a smart unless you're getting a lot of money because you're going to have to go and get more money and you're going to have to keep giving out and giving out equity. It's not going to really end up in your, uh, your benefit. But if you listen to what I said in the beginning, if you can get cash flow online, that's what I'd be spending all my money to try to do is to try to get, you know, some sort of money being generated through my website. So I don't have to go and raise or make any money. Like that's why whenever someone hires in-store connection, my goal is to get them to $20,000 a month online. So they're not hurting and anything they're paying me, I'm pretty much making them. And any of the money we need to go to market, they're using from their cells versus going and giving up equity uh, or trying to partner with the wrong person. Now going to pause. We cannot forget to thank the guys over at BackerKit for sponsoring this episode. BackerKit is a crowdfunding fulfillment software service that helps you take care of all the logistics, spreadsheets, and um, sorting customer data. Not only do they help make customer address changes super easy or changing rewards after someone has already bought, but the power is that they also help you um, do upsells and downsells and take care of all that. So if you don't have a system or platform already set up, um, they've already built that for you. And the best part, you can find them at backerkit.com, but they've actually create, um, created a discount code for the uncut listeners, which are you guys. So if you go to uh, check out, use the code uncut, U-N-C-U-T, they're going to give you 50% off of their startup services, which is amazing. Um, so if you want to keep selling and keep making money and stay super organized, um, after your campaign, they are the guys to go to. I've worked with them on a few campaigns now, and they are amazing. Again, backerkit.com. You've touched on some great points that for people, that things that they need to consider when going the retail route and what are some horror things that could go wrong. I'm curious uh, if we want to bootstrap a product and to a point where our online sales are fairly consistent and the product is going, what would you say... Do you have any piece of advice when it comes to have, building a brand online for your product after Kickstarter? All right, repeat that one time. Sorry, my, my headphones were cutting out. So you said a plan, build a plan after Kickstarter? Well, it sounds to me like, because I'm very uh, system focused. So what I see is I see, okay, we validated product. We've now launched successful Kickstarter. Retail seems like a play a few months down the line once we figure out our e-commerce and get cash flow good. So if the cash flow for that to be consistent and you have good online sales, like, do you have any advice for somebody who is looking to create a strong e-commerce brand after Kickstarter before retail? Okay. So let's, let's start with some of the facts and some of the things that I would personally do that work before you spend any of the money that you got from Kickstarter, make sure to do a lot of research. Make sure not to be blowing money on just things that sound good. Do some real research and see if you can get some ROI. Don't go paying for shout outs, banner ads, or any more marketing. There's so many ways that you can get your brand out without spending a dime. Like I'll give you an example. And I, I know this is a little off topic. I just want to drop some gold so you can kind of get the bigger picture. Like when I was doing mall three, I didn't have any money, but I would send out five to 20 packages every month to brand ambassadors, uh, 
or not every month, every week, every week, uh, my girlfriend's job was to find girls on Instagram that had anywhere from a thousand to 20,000 followers and ask them if they'd take a picture, if we could send you free product. So I'd send out five to 20 packages every week. It cost me $60. And, you know, I'd get in front of 20 to 150,000 girls every single week from doing that. So I would look for as many ways that you can, without spending any of the money to get the name out there first, to get there to be a demand. If you build it, they will come. The buyers, the distributors, the opportunities will come. Don't go out searching for opportunities because you're going to run into a lot of bad partners, a lot of bad companies. Build it and they will come. So learn everything you possibly can on your product, how to market it, trial and error. Always start small. Never spend big. Anything that, Anytime you're going to spend over $1,500, sleep on it. Sleep on it. I know you're probably like, well, that's cheap. No, I'm not because those 1500s will go out the window if you're not paying attention and then you're back to ground zero. I see so many people on Kickstarter that raise money and then their product never goes anywhere and then they write a book like they're the best at Kickstarter. It's like, well, how? You've had one campaign. You don't want to be that guy who ends up going back and trying to do that because your product flopped. Your product has a demand. If you had a successful Kickstarter, now get that demand to the world and play off that success. People follow the followed. So if they see that your product is that good and that awesome and that many people are interested, they're going to want to try it. So always keep that that image that you're the best, try us, we're new and market yourself. So if you, before getting into retail, you, you want a game plan. Your, my game plan would be to have the more hands touch your product or the more eyeballs on your page. So be building up the hype and always doing something. Every month I try to get on at least two to five podcasts. I try to get into one or two news stories because I'm always building my hype. I'm always growing. You don't want to go month one, oh, we were successful. We have all this hype. And then month two, you have nothing. Make sure that everything you're doing is consistently growing, not going downward because you don't want to you know, have two good months after you raised uh, the Kickstarter. And now you're kind of falling off. You know, you had your shine. You want to keep growing that momentum um, until you get into retail. So you can show the retailers you know, that traction, that, you know, that hype, because the better you look, the better the offer they're going to make you. You might even get the slotting fees or the buyback agreement waived if they want you that much. So I would say pretty much there's no such thing as a product company. It's all marketing, especially here in the United States. People follow the follow. The more marketing you do, the more money you're going to make. So don't think for a second that you do not need to be marketing, getting the name out there. Uh, like I said, it's success is just a numbers game. So over that three month period before you get into retail, I would be just focusing on e-commerce. And before you go and learn that, and this is something I know I'm kind of rambling, but hear me out. There's no reason for you to go learn everything you need to know about e-commerce because it's going to cost you a lot of money. It's going to cost you a lot of time. Find somebody with a good track record who has a dozen references, who is selling products similar to yours, pay him, guarantee the results that he can bring you and let him do the magic. You know, I don't go and learn everything. I just need to understand it. So I know I'm not getting my leg pulled. You know, I want to make sure that I know what I'm getting. So when I say go and learn, have an overview. You don't have to become an expert. Find the expert, hire him to do it. If you got a bunch of experts helping you in different demographics, let them take over. But do not have that expert ever go into a different field. Do never go, never hire somebody for two things. Like I will never hire a, a graphic artist to do my website because he's good at graphic. But if you get greedy, oh, you did such a good job. Keep the experts in each one of their fields, each one of their demographics, so you never uh, run into a problem where they underdeliver for something else. So that's what I would do. If you have a successful Kickstarter campaign, the next couple of months you want to go to retail, build out a marketing plan, build out a way that you can start generating cash flow immediately without spending a bunch of money. Trial and error. Run click funnels, find people that run them, find people with previous experience, let them handle it, and then start building out your game plan, who you want to go to retail with. And before you go, look at other products that are already in that field and see if you know that's the approach you want to go to because you don't want to spend a lot of time in retail and it not even sell when you could be doing 100000 a month online. I love click funnels. Not an affiliate, but yes, I love how you mentioned them. Um, Based on going back to sending product to Instagram influencers, I had a friend here in Toronto, have a friend here in Toronto who launched a uh, million dollar subscription company. So within 12 months, they're doing seven figures plus. And all he did to get started was he, um, it's a sex toy subscription. And he just went, he got some product from local uh, sex shops. He haggled them down in price just because he knew that they'd be ordering in bulk soon. And he sent about... 10 packages to bloggers and they covered it. And this day one, they got five orders and it just grew organically from that. So I see so much value in getting product in front of people with audience. But I am wondering if you have a second 
favorite bootstrapped marketing thing for e-commerce that is effective as well? Um, giveaways, just people love giveaways. And I, I would always tell people like, I'd give away money, cash, product, say, do you want a lifetime supply of mall three, tag five of your friends, you know, you got a bunch of followers, 10,000 people were just tagged. It costs absolutely no money to give away that free product, not just giving the product to influencers, but doing the giveaways. Um, that was one of the other ones I had that people loved and, um, you know, it worked very well for me. Um, also sex sells, you know, you said sex toys, like the hotter your pictures are and the most risque you're doing stuff, the more fun the picture is, or the more exciting it is, the better your traction. So I'd always do the most crazy pictures that people would tag all their friends on. So like I, it's, I call it shock value marketing. Ty Lopez is the guy who does this. That's the only reason he has a following is because he does shock value marketing where he runs an ad where he has 3 million in cars that he's washing in the front of his mansion. That's shock value because you don't see that every day. So I would post pictures of girls like, you know, in their bikini with 10,000 pills in a big bag that were all mall three. You've never seen a hot girl holding a bag with 10,000 purple and black pills, you know? So try to do things that are unique. Don't go the traditional route because think about it. If you're at work, and you're scrolling on your timeline and you see an ad or you see a post, you're not going to stop what you're doing if it looks like everything else. Do something unique. Different cells. Be different. I was talking about that earlier. The more different or the unique and the more shock you have, the better your response. And I split tested this theory a million times. People are like, oh, that's so risque. That's so trashy. But I said, listen, if I post a picture of this girl in her underwear holding my pills, I'm going to get a thousand likes. If I post a picture of it, you know, buy my pill, get one free, no one cares. The key is to be seen. My mentor told me uh, whenever he first started writing for a newspaper that he, he wrote stories on what everyone uh, on stuff that people normally wouldn't see. And he thought he was going to get fired whenever one of his stories was the most talked about story of the year. He went into his boss's office. His boss is like, listen, we're signing another contract with you for another additional year. He's like, why? No one liked my story. He's like, everyone saw it. The key is to get people on your page, to get people talking. And I created a, an energy pill pretty much called Molly so people would talk about me and remember that. But if I would have just said nighttime energy, it wouldn't have been so risque. No one would have remembered me. Do flashy shock value marketing posts and you will be just fine. Yeah. The easiest product I've ever had to promote is Pavlock, the wearable that shocks you into breaking bad habits because it's so different to what is out there. And so, the thing that happened exactly. with Kevin O'Leary on Shark Tank was so unique and different. I've never seen him cuss anyone out and tell him to get out of the thing like that. So that's shock value marketing. You can play on that ad and say, you know, the, the product that gave uh, Kevin O'Leary the chills. And, you know, it's just that's unique. That's the only reason I know or ever remember that product from Shark Tank. I don't remember a lot of them because I've seen them all. They've contacted us. But that is the one that really stood out because of the different response, the different approach when he came in there. Oh, man, I've never seen Kevin O'Leary act like that. And uh, Mark Cuban hates like hates Pavlov now. And there's still like controversy it's, happening with it afterwards. I, I, I know I know the owner of Pavlov. We almost did some work together with in-store connection. I don't know if I can say that, but um, he's a great guy, a uh, really nice guy. Um, so I think that's cool because that's that's an example of the type of the people that reach out to us. Yeah, Manish is fantastic. Um, I love the guy. Shout out. Uh, I was going to say, this has been great. I just want to have a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, you mentioned giveaways, which I think are so powerful. I think there's a place for giveaways. Um, giveaways can be great after your Kickstarter. I would just be careful in using giveaways to build your audience beforehand. Cause you, in my experience, you want to be attracting people who are buyer focused and not wanting to join your email list for free product. True, true, but the key to getting the people that want stuff free to buy your stuff is to give good deals and use ClickFunnels. Like I'll give an example. I'll do a uh, promotion in my group where I give away my audiobooks for $0.99, cents, all three of them, normally $60. Bucks. Mm -hmm. Once they're in that, I hit them with another opt-in upsell where they it's just a one-button click, and that went from a dollar to $100. And I would say 10 out of three people buy it, no matter if they were the ones that just were the cheap ones. Because once you have their information, it's a lot easier to sell them. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, this person's free is never going to pay. It's crazy. Like after a year of having them on your email list, they will eventually buy it. It's like statistics will show that, um, you know, it takes time. Like a lot of customers and a lot of clients have been following me for years. I had no idea. And after a year, they finally came through and said something and hired me. So 
every person, the more people that know your name, the more you're going to win at this game. So, you know, I agree in the beginning, do not build the hype, but just giveaways and free stuff. But you want people talking about you, you know, like when kids would come home from school after seeing my energy pill, they would say, dude, there's this new purple and black pill, man. I heard it's, it's a real drug, this and this. That's the goal. It doesn't matter if they're going to buy it. If they say that name to five other people, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah, like, no, you've given me another – yeah, that's a great angle to consider too because even though yeah, – like Nobody true. knows Ty Lopez for anything other than his cars, his houses, and now he sells information products. But that's all that matters is they know him from a YouTube ad. As long as they know what he does, even if those people – you know you know how many people have seen Ty Lopez's YouTube ad? I think 300 million. Uh, not every, he, he didn't sell 300 million people, but they all know who he is, and they you know can respond to that. He wins. The more people that know your name, the more money you make. Your network is your net worth. You might not see that transition overnight, but I promise you, the more people that know who I am, the more my money levels just keep rising. I'll give you one last example on this. The girl that says, cash me outside – and she created an Instagram a couple of nights ago and within four hours got 3 million followers. She went live and had, I think, 20 to 40,000 people following her. Um, you know, a lot of those people aren't going to buy her product or she never made anything off Dr. Phil. But just them knowing her name, the opportunities are flowing in. I offered her $10,000 a shout out my Instagram account, you know, and that's just because there's so many people that know her name, that know that product. You know, the opportunities will pour in. Yep. Definitely. You're right. Like long-term, you, the more people that know you, the more business you're getting hands down. So cool. Um, so there's been one. Also think about it. Think about it though. If you're on the email list, you've never bought anything, but one day you see it in stores and you'll be like, wow, I remember them from the beginning. You know, you feel like you're a part of their team. You're going to buy it. You're going to, so you can tell people, you know, I I remember this. I get the emails from them all the time. Honey, look, honey, look. Even if they just point at that and someone in that grocery store sees them pointing and talking about that, it's going to make them want that product even more. It's crazy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I was just going after it in more of a direct conversion for your sale, but um, you bring up a really good point in that Kickstarter is long-term. So either way, you're not doing any harm by doing giveaways early on too. Yeah, there's been products like that I followed and I didn't buy for the first two years and now I'm like an advocate of them and I love them to death. And so you never know. You gotta think of long term or long yeah, long term ROI and it's crazy. Like when I whenever I sell marketing campaigns to people and I'm like, listen, even if I only get you an email list of five thousand people, don't look at that as like they one time buy it. If your product's as good as you say, that five thousand is gonna have, you know, you're gonna have thirty percent of those people come back and buy it off and on. So you gotta look at the lifetime value of each person in each email. Absolutely. So there's been, if somebody asks me how I can describe you, there's one word that I hear. I hear urgency in everything you do. And I'm wondering what, what drives you to have become so successful by such an early age? Well, to be honest with you guys, I'm not trying to be 90 and rich. I've met millionaires that are so old they can't enjoy any of their life. I would rather you know get everything now because you're not promised tomorrow. The reason why I'm so successful is because for the last seven years, not probably the whole seven years, probably let's just say three or four. I gave 24 hours a day to my craft and people are like, that's crazy. You're going to burn out. No, you're not. What's going to happen is you're going to be there three times faster than the people that are giving, you know, going home at five. Like when you say, okay, how did you become a millionaire so quickly? I didn't take off the weekends. Those two extra days times that by every weekend in the year, that's an extra hundred days or whatever, a year that you're putting in that most people aren't. So you do that in four years, that's 300 extra days you put into something that they didn't. You're not going to, you're not leaving at five. You're working till 10. You're doubling that year. So you're working every day, 365 days in a year or whatever. And you know, you're, you're getting three times as much done as the normal person. So in three years, you're getting nine times done. You know, you're, you've done what nine years of, you know, in three years, what they would take them to do nine. Does that make sense? So I'm very driven and I, I am, I do not go to sleep until I feel like I've earned and I've taken advantage of that day. Cause any day could be my last. I want to know that if I die today, that I did as much as I possibly can and would have no regrets. So I'm addicted to this. Uh, it's an all day, all night adventure for me. And I love what I do. So I'm very driven guys. You do not have tomorrow. You, this is not something that, um, you know, you can just do over. You, you got one shot at life. And, uh, so I just, with that, sorry, my phone is going off. Sorry. You have one shot at life 
and do not waste the opportunities. Do not waste the days. Every person on earth knows something that you don't know or knows someone that you need. And I have that mentality and I'm very driven. And the fact that I've seen my, my, my goals become a reality, I just, I'm even more driven. You know, I'm living in this gated house. I have a high res downtown. I've been looking at new Audi R8s all week. Uh, you know, I've been making a lot of money and it's like, why slow down now? Why stop now? I want even more. And if I can do it before I even, I'm, I think I'm the best I've ever been. So why would I slow down or why would I get less results? You should be getting double the results each year if you're really putting in time. And th- when you said, okay, how is that possible? Or why does that matter? You need to say, you need to break down your goals. You need to have realistic long-term and short-term goals. Uh, and you need to be achieving them. I write down my goals on the board every night. So before I go to bed, I need a new Ferrari. I need this, I need that. I'm driven towards it. But if you forget about it, if you don't write them down, you don't know what your goals are, you're not going to be driven towards it. You're going to forget about them and just slow down your momentum. But you need to have a reason why. And before I go to bed every night, I look at things that I'm inspired by that I want. So when I wake up in the morning, I know why I'm waking up. I know why I'm driven to go get those and they're right in front of me. And, uh, you know, I always tell this, this is another thing. It's a little off topic. You're all a couple phone calls and a couple books away from being millionaires. You're just not reading the right stuff and you're not calling the right people. It's that easy. Get out there, be driven, stop making excuses, know what you want, know that you can have it. You know, break down your idol, Mark Cuban. Yeah, it sounds like it's impossible to be Mark Cuban. It's not. Break down each step that he took, follow those steps and you can be on that level too. It's not rocket science. I hear like you're super driven and like, everyone will say it's not money that drives us. What is that underlying? Like, are you searching for, for perfection in life? Are you searching for accomplishments? Like what is, what is that? I'm not searching for anything. Everyone always says like, are you searching for, I'm searching for being the best that I possibly can be. I'm searching for wanting up myself. Like I'm search, I'm trying to be the best. I'm trying to do the most, you know, I don't, I don't really know what drives me. I just want it all. You know, whenever I see someone who has a better car than me or a bigger house, I I am a competitor. I'm like, I'm going to be on that level. I'm going to be on that level. That's what I want. I'm very competitive. I want the best. I want to be the best and I want to do it the best way. And I just have that mentality. And uh, it's, I don't know what it is. It's just, um, you know, in high school, you know, I wanted to be the guy that had the most attention, I guess. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's weird to say it like that, but I just wanted to be great. I wanted to be an icon. You know, if God gave me this life, why not make the very most of it? Why not? you know, be the star of your own movie. Why is everyone looking up to football players? They don't care about you. They don't provide you any value. Why don't you become that football player? Why don't you become Tony Robbins? Like, this is your life. Why are you looking at others' lives? Go and live the life they have. Be that person. And that's just the mindset I have. I just get so sick of people idolizing, you know, these amateurs. And I'm like, dude, become that amateur. He has the same 24 hours that you have and the same opportunities. The only thing that's stopping you and what he didn't let stop him are excuses. And that's what drives me. So when people are impressed by me, to be honest with you, I feel like a bum. You know, even though I got the Rolex on my arm, it's not the one that I want. I want the million-dollar one. That's the attitude I have. I'm never content. I'm never satisfied. And I love it because I'm always hungry. I'm always hungry. I'm always driven. So right now in your life, step it up a level, get some bigger and better goals If a 25 year old high school dropout can have a penthouse in a gated community in the neighborhood. His parents couldn't afford anything is freaking possible. Like anything. I agree. What you mentioned before that you are people speaking to the audience, you are one book or one conversation away from being a millionaire. What has been the most impactful book in your life? To be honest with you, (laughs) I didn't have books. I wanted the life. Like no book really gave me any impact or helped me get to the next level. This is self-made guys. Like I, there's times in my life I didn't have any money because I had made some bad investments. Uh, so whenever you say book, you know, I liked Grant Cardone's 10 X role. You know, I listened to the audio book a little bit, but you know, you got to want it for yourself. If you think a book or anything is really going to, you know, I said that you're all a few books away from being a millionaire or a few phone calls. That is true, but you have to have the drive. You know, the only reason I ever started opening books was to expand what I'm already doing. Like right now, I've been trying to become an even bigger millionaire consultant where I work on proposals that are 500000 to a million a year a pop. 
And so I didn't understand how to close those deals. So I started learning or teaching myself on uh, books and other information on how to get to that level. But, you know, books didn't get me to the level I'm at now. You know, to expand, you have to have books. So, but the only books that really impacted me was 10X Rules, the only one I recall ever listening to and feeling inspired by. And I know that sounds crazy because, you know, a lot of these entrepreneurs say they read a book a day. I don't have time. You know, uh, you know would you rather read a book a day? Which is, I'll tell you how I do read whenever I do listen to audio. I only listen to audio books. I don't read whenever. I go on an hour walk or an hour cardio every day because you got to take care of your health. I have an audio book on sped. It's sped up. So, you know, I listen to books on million dollar consulting business and I only listen to people that have, I've vetted their backgrounds because as a young entrepreneur, as a young business owner, wrong information can kill you. So I, I'm very particular on what I let into my brain sponge. You know, your, your brain is a sponge. So if you're listening to that advice from someone who's just selling books, who's never actually walked down the path you're trying to go on, it's going to hurt you. It's, it's not going to help you. It's going to hurt you. So I tend to stay away from a lot of books uh, because I, the, the author isn't who I want to be getting my information from because I've lost a few companies listening to the wrong advice. Um, so I would say if you're going to listen to anyone, listen to updated modern day techniques. Like People are like, oh, Gal, do you read this book from 30 years ago? No, I don't because today is a different world. Today's market, today's people, everything in today's anything has changed. I want to know in the last 18 months what is the best technique that will work. Like, like, how are y'all going to read a book if you got a Kickstarter product uh, on marketing in 1995 from an advanced marketer guru? His techniques aren't going to work today. And people are like, that's not true. Yeah. Well, think of it like this. You could have bought the best, highest end screwdriver in 1985. You used it all these years. Eventually, that, that screwdriver is going to be dull. That screwdriver is not going to work to open a screw, even the lightest of screws. So that's the same with marketing is that it might have worked a lot of different times, but eventually it becomes out of date. So constantly be updating and sharpening your marketing or your business arsenal with modern day techniques. And people, a lot of people hate that I say it, but you know, all my techniques are modern. That's why they work so efficiently. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think how specific you are with the information you take in is really going to help you with, um, can you talk about your podcast or potential? My podcast is just going to, it's, I'm doing something different. I'm not like everyone guys. Everyone has the motivation. I'm a very motivational guy. If you follow any of my pages, I'm very motivational, but I'm going to be calling out the BS in business. The name of the podcast is the BS in business, um, uh, by, with gallant Dill, And I'm going to be going over topics and certain people out in the industry that are selling methods that I believe don't work. I'm going to be calling out, uh, different kind of businesses, different practices, MLM, different things. And I'm going to be giving you my opinion. I'm not going to just chatter. I'm going to show you actual reasons and evidence that I believe certain things. And uh, I'm going to be completely open about it. It's going to be the BS in business and you got to check it out. It's going to be insane because I'm going to be going after everything everyone's afraid to say, because I, I don't, I, guys, I'm rich. Like I, I don't care. I'm going to be me. I'm going to be the real deal. There's a lot of guys who are like, oh, this guy sounds like Gary Vee or someone else. Listen, I love all these old guys in the game. They're great, but look at their track record. Look at their real success. You're taking success from someone who never really started a company from scratch. How is he going to help you start your company from scratch? He's going to give you all these techniques and methods that he's never used. How is that really going to help you or apply to your business? It's not. Like that's the problem when you're like, yeah, who do you listen to? Like even Tony Robbins, I love his techniques. I love these guys, but you know, I'm, I'm looking at what realistic businesses did you build? You've been speaking for 20 years. I'm wanting to take advice from the guy that's up at midnight with me who's doing it, is in the cut, who's not speaking. You know, I see a lot of these icons. Yeah, he's a business guru. I'm like, dude, he Snapchats all day. As soon as I get off this mic, I'm going to get on three other calls and make more money. There's your, your, your gurus aren't Snapchatting. They're in the field. They're in the office. I would never hire a mentor or work with somebody who's not actually out working and doing businesses. I would never have a business coach who doesn't have and operate his own business because the techniques, like I said, that he might have used 10 years ago will not work for you today. So get around people that are in the field or a few steps ahead of you to get your advice from. But the people that have already like, – like think about it. You know, the same techniques in basketball, do you think they've always been the same? Over the years, people change up. Like, you know, uh, they get better. Things change. They grow. You know, you don't want to be – so I'm, I'm rambling because this is the type of stuff you're going to hear on my podcast is me going off on the truth and what works and what doesn't. And uh, do you have a launch date for that? I do not. Hopefully cool. – very soon. I have a couple new companies I've invested in that are dropping a lot of different things. So that's kind of like a hobby, but, uh, you know, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a hit. Like I'm not going to drop anything that, you know, isn't going to blow people's minds. Yeah. Please do, um, like send me a link over when you're live. I'll help, uh, I'll help you promote it. And
And speaking of links, uh, this has been like, this has been awesome. I, I guess from my perspective, you have made me rethink a lot of the ways, a lot of the, like how I spend my time and I'm like, oh shit, I'm not really well leveraged. I have to, and you just gave me some really, really good ideas and yeah, takeaways from this. you haven't heard anything. This. You haven't heard, <laughs> this is nothing. Like I'm sick. I've been sick for a couple of days. Guys, like if you're broke right now or you want to build a business, look at how you're spending your days. Write down every hour what you're doing. I promise you're going to be like, wow, a third of my day I spent surfing Facebook, calling my mom. Those hours are how I got ahead. I looked, I broke down my day and if anything wasn't pushing me forward, it's pulling you down. Remember that if when you get on the phone call with your friend or you're about to go out to eat or you're about to do something, look at it. Is this going to help my life or is it going to slow down my momentum? If it's going to slow down your momentum, you're going to realize that this is going to be, you know, a common trait in your life. You need to get rid of that and everything you do, make sure it's going to benefit you or you're just wasting your time. You're wasting your 24 hours. And I know you're probably like, well, Gal, you have to have time for yourself. Listen, in two years, I'm retired. I'll be 27 years old, retired, and I'll be able to travel the world, do all the stuff you guys are talking about. I'll be able to enjoy it. Um, but it, you have to make those sacrifices. You have to give up that that free time, which in the end, you're not going to remember what you did. Like, let's say you had a call with your friend. Oh, gal, I need friends. In three months, you won't even remember that. But if you do something for your business instead of making that call with your friend, you'll remember that. You'll see that results. You'll see that momentum. Seriously, it's crazy. But keep in mind that I don't want you painting the picture that you are a massive workaholic because you do have the balance, which is a means to an end because you do the cardio and you do the things that take care of your body, which are going to then improve. 48 your ounces of water. I have to drink at least at the very least 48 ounces of water every day. I stay away from sugars. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I try to get at least an hour to two hours of audiobooks in with my cardio. Uh, if I, you know, if I am listening to audiobooks, because a lot of people work out and listen to music, listen to audiobooks from people you vetted that, you know, are the real deal. Because think about it, if you work out every day, five days a week, one hour a day, you can knock out one audiobook every week. Seriously, instead of listening to Linkin Park or your favorite rapper, listen to an audiobook. Like I said, every second of the day, try to double up on stuff that's going to benefit you. A lot of people just do not think like that. Like when I eat, I'm trying to benefit me. I'm going to try to eat healthy. When I get on the phone, I'm trying to, you know, get, you know, as much out of it as I can. If I feel like this phone call is going nowhere, I'm going to end it and get off of it because you're not, guys, you can make more money, but you cannot make more time. Never forget that. So how can people, where would you say is the best place for someone to find you online? Gallantdillmentoring.com, gallantdill.com, instoreconnection.com, you know, Gallantdill Facebook page, Gallantdill personal Facebook page, the Entrepreneur Lifestyle Group, ELG Group, Entrepreneur Lifestyle Group, uh, the largest entrepreneur community on Facebook, uh, just anywhere. I'm all over the place, guys. I live on the computer. Like my phone, you know, when people's like, I couldn't get a hold of you. That's not true. I respond to everyone. I'm not Hollywood. Just, you know, you're like, well, you just said wasting your time with random people. Yeah. Like if the conversation goes nowhere, but I, I can give someone 15 to 30 seconds. Uh, so don't feel like, oh, I'm not on the level yet. You never know. You know, I might like your idea. I might like you and I might be able to take you to the next level. So you could join me at the top. Love it. This has been fantastic. I love your very different, um, perspective to the, the guests I usually have. And I love your urgency. So thank you for sharing your story, your journey, um, and these like, golden nuggets that you've like shared on retail. So this has been fantastic. And thank you for being on the show. Yes. Last thing. Remember guys, if you're planning on partnering, once you get that money, I would say partner at the, as a last result. Partnering has cost me more money than I've ever made from partnering. And that's just from my seven years of doing business. You know, there's guys out there who might say anything, but in the last seven years, you know, be careful what you do. Remember to sleep on everything, every investment you're about to make uh, and vet everything. Look at the worst case scenario first. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. All right. Thank you. Wow. If you don't feel like that interview was a slap in the face, you've got another thing coming for you. Just when I was listening to that, his energy made me rethink a lot of how I spend my day today and to realize that even the aspirations that I have are not big enough. And I love his long-term approach. Um, definitely going to be linking to how you can find him online. He is a wow, a force to reckon with. And I'm really happy you had, I had him on the podcast about, look at me not able to speak anymore. But uh, guys, if you are in the middle of planning a crowdfunding campaign, uh, no matter what stage you're at, even if you're about to launch, you should head over to crowdfundinguncut.com 
and get the ultimate physical product launch checklist. This is how I have brought five successful campaigns to Kickstarter, step-by-step um, step on how you can have a successful launch. And also, if you are digging the show, please do head over to um, iTunes, Crowdfunding Uncut, and leave an honest review for the show. It does help us get found by more listeners. And this kind of information is invaluable for a first-time or even seasoned entrepreneur just to hear what it's like in the trenches and what are some golden nuggets. Like, if you get this in front of the right person, man, like, I'm talking about the like podcast episode. If you get this podcast episode in front of the right person, it can make them a ton of money. So you're actually doing a lot of good by helping the show get shared. So thank you so much for your time. It's crowdfundinguncut.com. I really appreciate appreciate you guys. And I'm looking forward to pumping out more episodes every single week. Are you launching a product on either Kickstarter or Shopify and you're feeling completely overwhelmed with the process? Hi there, my name is Kirsten, the CEO of Launch and Scale. To date, we've helped several online sellers sell millions of dollars online and scale their business from zero to seven figures by focusing on building an audience of fans that will actually convert into paying customers. If you're serious about building a seven-figure e-commerce brand with less time and less risk, you should check out our product launch pad. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step -step through the process of launching and scaling your product brand. Brands like The Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launch pad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launch pad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.